This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Kicking off hour two, Sportsnet today. From the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I'm Logan. He's Cam. She's Taylor. You guys uh, got treated to a little bit of a Wranglers experience last night. Got to watch some. Dustin Wolf action in the flesh. Now, I've specifically told Security of the Dome to not let you hooligans in. But somehow you were able to wiggle past that. And See, there's an entrance where if you go just at the right time when the guards aren't looking, you mm. get in and then, you know, home free. Now, Taylor was fine to go. She's a mature adult. It was just the rest of you that... Mm, don't know if we can do that, but I. it seems as though everything went fine. You didn't get kicked out. You didn't spend the night in a drug tank or anything. You're here at work. Yeah, showed up on good. time. Well, a little late, but... Not because of last night, though. No, just slept in a little. Just because your car has needed no. 10,000 service hours since you bought it. And it runs great until the next time it goes yeah, in. until the next week when it doesn't. Until next hour. No. Fair. Uh, it is Sportsnet today. Like I said, I'm Logan. That's uh, Cam and Taylor, outstanding production team in the other room. Uh, lots to get to this hour before we hand things over to the Hockey PDO cast. Uh, starting with some Flames practice audio following uh, their day at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Back in action for a game day on Friday against the Anaheim Ducks. Of course, points at a premium for this Flames team coming off of this. Two-game winning streak on the road with wins in Dallas and Minnesota. This is their first chance to get back on the ice, speak to the media, following those two wins back in Calgary. Uh, lots to get to with the guys today. We'll hear from Jacob Markstrom, Chris Tanev, Elias Lindholm, and as you can imagine, uh, a lot today centering around the goaltender and how good he's been of late and how important he's going to be if they want to continue to make a playoff push here the math. Still not great, but it's getting better in some respects. Last night, thanks to a Minnesota Wild victory in regulation over Winnipeg, entering Friday's game against the Ducks, Calgary will be four points back of Winnipeg with equal games in hand and a chance to get within two points if they can beat Anaheim on Friday. That's all easier said than done. We've been down this road before with this Flames group. They will have to prove it. Uh, to us before a lot of us are made believers of this group, but uh, you can't get on a run unless you start winning a couple, and that's what they did on that road trip. They'll look to continue that momentum into the Scotiabank Saddledome for two uh, games, Anaheim Friday, Ottawa Sunday. Uh, Let's hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames, and we'll start with the goaltender coming off his signature performance of the season, that shutout against the Minnesota Wild. He was a popular member uh, of the Flames uh, to chat with after practice today. Uh, and here's his media availability at the Dome following practice with the Flames. 
Jacob, incredible performance, obviously, a couple nights ago now. Just how, uh, how, how big was that for you? Uh, the win was huge. I mean, uh, you know, Nas comes up clutch in the, in the shootout and then to fully finish it off. Uh, so, you know, it's obviously great for, especially for us to, you know, in, in overtime there with the callback goal and uh, to, to come out there and, uh, you know, take it to overtime and not, you know, check out mentally. So, you know, that, that was big and, and but, you know, we got a big game tomorrow here. So for you, you're just putting the personal sort of aside. It's about the team at this point. Right? What's that? You're, you're just putting the personal aside and focused on the team. Whatever. I mean, that's all that matters. It's you know to win hockey games. We've been uh, you know right now we're uh, we want to had a big road trip, but you know we, we need to keep going and we need to stay focused on the task ahead. And uh, uh, you know you can't celebrate anything because uh, we haven't done anything. Well, even after that game, though, everyone, they could have easily gone to talk to Foley and celebrate the shootout win, but they all go to you. Like, that, surely, that meant something to those guys to see you finally get that shutout, right? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, there was, uh, I mean, I think guys were sick and tired of going to Toffoli after after the Dallas game when they finished it off. Uh, they wanted a new guy to go to. Jacob, how, that being said, how important is it to you to be a guy that this team can lean on down the stretch here? Uh, I mean, it's that's what you need from, from the goaltending position in, uh, uh, in, in any team and in any league and, uh, you know, uh, Obviously, I haven't been on my top performance-wise, but you know you, you got to keep grinding and, and keep putting the work in. And uh, uh, it's not like you know today is a, is another good day, and you got to put some extra work in and, and get better. And, and tomorrow's a big game. What's uh, what goes into building your game, Jacob? What's that process for you? Put the gear on, get out on the ice early with barbs, and and work on details, and uh, and then stop pucks in practice. Where would you say your confidence levels are right now? Same as last time you asked me. All right. Yeah. What about um, when you talk about some of the momentum that you can come from two big wins like that? I mean, what what does that feel like in terms of? You know, obviously, you know you got to carry it over, but you know, just because of the, the magnitude of them and back to back like that. Uh, I mean, uh, I think it's you know now it's it's been a we had a day off yesterday and you know today's a new day and you know it's, you, you need to have the same mentality when you know we've been we've been losing a lot of hockey games and you still have to come come to the rink and you still have to come in and be hungry for for more and i think uh, our group is doing a good job at that does does being a parent kind of change your perspective on the game or anything like that uh makes me miss home more when i'm on the road for sure but uh you know it's uh you know everything is taken care of back home so you know i'm in i'm in good hands are you are you like is it different like are you sleeping less like how's how's that been uh, I mean, for whoever is a dad knows. <laughs> <laughs> Are you scoreboard watching at all? With nights off, like say last night, did you watch or see what happened? Or did you just wait and see what happened and come in the next morning? I like hockey. I think you can learn from, from watching hockey and, uh, you know, not only, you know, goaltending, just, you know, in general. It's I always like talking. I always watch hockey. If any, you know, I watch a lot of Swedish hockey and uh, I watch the hockey here in the NHL, but, you know, comes down to what we do here in, in our group but with regards to like the, like the Jets were playing yesterday are you watching some of those games with teams that are above you in the standings and obviously hoping that they lose uh I mean we if we win every game that's left I think we're in good position so I think that's what we have to focus on what what do you try to pick up from games that you watch is it how guys move around or what are you trying to learn from these games that you watch uh well I watch my hometown team uh, just okay. hoping them to win Okay. <laughs> yeah. Are they having a good year? No. <laughs> <laughs>
There you go. Flames goaltender Jacob Markstrom having some fun with the media after practice today. And uh, that should tell you all you need to know about where the uh, Flames goaltender is at this point in the season because there were not a lot of nights, not a lot of post-practices where he would be in the mood to joke around or have some fun with the media given how uh, his individual performance had gone, how the team's performance had gone. And, yeah, when you come off of a, a shutout performance like that against Minnesota, you've got every right to feel a little bit more comfortable if you're Jacob Markstrom. And I think it's why a lot of Flames fans, myself included in this as an observer, are curious if this is the time that the Flames can go on a run. Because to me, the most important thing that I need to see from this group, if they are going to turn this into something that looks like a playoff push, is the goaltending needs to be solid. It needs to get back to a level much closer to what it was last year. And if that wasn't going to happen, then any sort of run or winning streak wasn't going to happen either. So they've gotten a couple of good goaltending performances. The two in a row now, can they turn it into another week of that? Can you even just look at these next two games against Anaheim and Ottawa? Can you get two more strong goaltending performances and perhaps push this to a four-game winning streak for the Calgary Flames? If that's the case, then... I think you've got every reason to believe that this team can go and make life difficult on a team like Winnipeg, who's been spiraling the last little while. Goaltending is just so important. And as much as we want to talk about, you know, the offense and the systems and some of the guys not adapting to Daryl maybe as fast as we'd like, all those I think are fair arguments to have. But the bottom line for me, this team wasn't going anywhere until the goaltending figured something out, whether it was Jacob or whether it's Dan Vladarin. Right now, Jacob looks as good as he's looked at any point this season. That's great news for Flames fans. How long it can last will ultimately, I think, decide what this playoff push looks like for the Calgary Flames. Uh, obviously, we're not the only ones noticing the jump in the step of Jacob Markstrom the last little while. His teammates uh, obviously very complimentary. And one guy who's as close to Jacob as anybody in that Flames locker room, Elias Lindholm, uh, he was another Flames member available post-practice today to the media, and he spoke uh, in lots uh, of different terms about Jacob and just the season he's having, the importance of his uh, play down the stretch, and maybe what some of the Flames forwards need to do a little bit better in these next couple of games. Here's Elias Lindholm with the Flames media earlier today. Elias, maybe just start with, um, you know, obviously the, the two wins on the, on the road. Just what can that do for your group? And it, we know it can't end there. We, there's still some work ahead, but just uh, how you can build on it. No, it's huge. You know, obviously, the way everything went down in Dallas, uh, you know, scoring, uh, Ty uh, scoring that uh, game-winning goal with five, six seconds left. It's uh, you know, it's a nice bounce for us, and, and uh, obviously, Marque was won us two points in in many. So, um, overall, it's two two tough games for us, and and uh, obviously, coming out with four points were were um, you know. We're, um, that was good for us, and, and obviously, but uh, we we gotta you know keep putting our foot on the gas here, and, and uh, you know keep winning. There's been a lot of nights where those breaks haven't gone your way. Was it nice to see one? Maybe get a second chance there in Minnesota too, but just an, another opportunity to get that second point in the way it unfolded. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think um, you know uh, there's. Uh, times during the season we played well and, and haven't got the result and, and had a couple of tough bounces and, and uh, you know it's always nice to see see you know two bounces in two nights uh, like that go down so it's uh, you know we'll take four points As we also saw it, but how good was from your perspective Jacob Markstrom against the line? No he was good uh, you know he was uh, you know played real well and, and you know 
um, overall uh, felt uh, really solid all night and, and uh, you know even though they had some some dangerous chances so you you know it felt like you knew he would was going to save it so I no, he was really good. Elias, you, Elias, you study goaltenders. He's your good friend and teammate. What are you noticing that, if anything, is different about his game, either mentally, on the ice, whatever it is? What, what have you noticed about the way he's playing that's changed, if anything? Not much. You got a kid, so maybe that. I don't know. No, but uh, you know, he's always working hard, and and obviously, you know, as like the whole team has been having, you know couple tough bounces uh, throughout the season and obviously that uh, doesn't help the confidence and and so on so but uh, you know last couple couple weeks he's looked really solid and and uh, uh, we'll need it I think you're half joking but how does having a kid change things you have some recent experience there (laughs) maybe we take your mind off hockey a little bit more and and, you know uh, after a tough night or or you know tough day or whatever it's it is it's it's just uh, exciting to get back home What's you get uh, off the flight early, is, are you like automatically in charge of going to the baby who wakes up in the middle of the night? Uh, I try to be supportive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> we, we saw you all mob Jacob after the Minnesota game. Does that show just how important he is to this group? Yeah, you know he's he's a key key to this this team, and and uh, you know he's been playing well uh, last couple of weeks, so it's. Uh, you know, we'll need it. Was there any added meaning considering it was his first shutout of the year and the amount of saves that he made in that game? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, we're just taking the two points and, and uh, look uh, look for the next game. But, uh, you know, uh, it always helps. And, uh, you know, we need just letting, uh, not letting any goals and, and so on. So, uh, But uh, we'll take the points even if it, you know, even though it plays lights out, uh, uh, you know we gotta keep putting our foot on the gas and, and be ready for tomorrow. Has the is he is he as, is Jacob as competitive a person as you've ever known or played with? And I know that you know him incredibly well. <laughs> yeah, he's competitive. Uh, you know, even practice. Uh, I think you guys can tell too the the way he battles and stuff like that. So uh, you know, he's uh, very competitive and and you know. Uh, you need that as a goalie. Uh, you need you need to you know practice like everyone. You need to practice the way you play and, and you know stuff like that. So uh, you know he's he's a good friend and, and really competitive player. So it's uh, you know it's good to to have battles with him and practice as well. Has the level of belief changed in here with Winnipeg struggling the way they have been of late? Uh, we try not to focus on on anything else than winning our games. Obviously, it's um, we're uh, you know uh, took a couple points, uh, gained a couple points here, but uh, we got to take care of our own business as well. And, and uh, unless we do that, uh, the rest of the stuff doesn't matter. A lot do you, of do you scoreboard watch? Were you watching Minnesota Winnipeg last night, or do you? I just watch uh, not on TV, just uh, s- score the final result. A lot of those games, the, at least the last two games. You've lost a lot of games like that this year. Maybe they haven't gone your way. Just for them to go your way, does that change the belief level a little bit? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, you know there will be times for everyone during the season where they have tough tough bounces and stuff like that, and there will be times where you have bounces and and uh, you know uh, I think just two points. 
is all we can focus on. Uh, but yeah, maybe you know when you get those bounces, obviously two nights in a row, it uh, feels better, and and um, then you know don't have those bounces. So okay, thanks, yeah. Andy. That is Flames forward Elias Lindholm speaking to the media following practice today. One more member of the Calgary Flames to hear. That is defenseman Chris Tanev ahead of tomorrow's matchup against the Ducks. I'm sorry if this is uh, inappropriate or not a good time, but what do you think is a better picture, Brandon's first Seattle one or uh, Nick's? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't, I haven't seen Nick's, but that's a, that's a nice smile. I like Good. Nervous emotion. Uh, I think he's just. It looks like what's that game where you put the plastic thing in your mouth? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe I'm too old. <laughs> but anyway, uh, last time uh, I was in here, at least Blake was talking about how this felt like a really good team that just couldn't find a win. You get two crazy wins on the road. What does that do for the belief level in the room? Yeah, well, I mean, they're must-win games, so it's it's great to to get to get the four points, and uh, I mean, it's pretty much move move on to the next day and just focus focus on everything uh, day by day. Good practice today, and then get ready tomorrow morning, and get ready tomorrow night. Not to ask you to like state the obvious, we all saw it, but how, how great was Jacob Markstrom for you? Guys? Yeah, Marky is awesome. So I mean, I I've played with Marky for. I don't know, eight, eight years now, maybe, and I mean he's he's incredible. So I mean he I I don't expect anything less from him. He's he's such a good goalie and um, playing great right now. Is there a moment where goalie is that hot? You kind of realize hey, he's got us here. Well, I mean you're just, you're trying not to give up chances, but I mean you don't want to let him make great A save after great A save. But um, you're trying to play well in front of him, and thankfully he. Uh, he had our back on uh, against uh, Minnesota on a, on a back-to-back. It was a tough game, and he, he played great for us. I know two points is the most important thing for you guys, but to see him get that first shutout of the season and just really earn it, what does that mean to your group? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that was, that was all him. Yeah, last game. So I mean, it's, I'm sure it's great. Great for his confidence. He's last few games he's been awesome for us and then gave us a chance to win um, every game. So I mean, we we got to now as players. Uh, help him out a bit and, and put our game together to get to where it needs to be. Do you do a lot of scoreboard watching on your off nights? I, uh, I always am watching, so I mean, I've been scoreboard watching since October, so uh, <laughs> I usually, usually know what's going on uh, throughout the week. What's happening with the Jets right now? Does that change the level of belief in, in here at all in terms of what you're doing? I don't think so. I mean, we're we're focusing on what we need to do. As I said, have try to have a good practice today and then um, good skate tomorrow morning and then and get ready for the game. I mean, there's, there's more teams in it than, than just Winnipeg, so we need to take care of, of our own business and, and that's what we need to worry about. What, uh, what's prevented this team from stringing together wins that needs to change? Uh, I'm not sure. I think we just need to. We haven't played full 60 minutes, probably. Um, a lot of games where we played 57, 58 minutes and, and sort of let off the gas or, or taking penalties or, or things like that where we didn't need to. Um, obviously, now our backs are against the wall, so we need to be playing uh, 60 minutes every game and competing um, for each other and uh, for the guy next year. People are wondering if the baby was a different baby for Jacob as a fellow new dad. Yeah, yeah. Tell Pete, like, just saying. No idea. <laughs> uh, 
whatever uh, whatever it is, uh, I'm, I'm happy for, for Marquis playing. Uh, I mean, gave us a chance to win the last four or five games, and he's, he's been great. So, I mean, as I said, I've played with Marquis for, for eight years, and I know when usually when his back's up against the walls, usually the best Jacob that, that's going to come out. So he's uh, the ultimate competitor, hates, hates to lose. So um, I'm, I'm always glad to, to be on the ice when he's in the net. Chris, you have a better record against playoff teams than non-playoff teams, but a lot of non-playoff teams coming up on your schedule. Is there any way to explain that, and, and how do you avoid uh, letting that happen moving forward? I don't know. I mean, I think you we got to approach every game the same way. I don't, I don't think we... We approach the game differently based on on who we're playing. So I mean, it's as I said, it's we got we got to play full sixty minutes and uh, string good shifts together, get momentum throughout the game, and, and try to keep it. There you go, last member of the Calgary Flames to speak to the media today, Chris Tanev. Chris, uh, scoreboard watching since October, and that was kind of a common theme there. You heard Jacob say, "Yeah, look, I watch Swedish hockey." Watch NHL hockey. I can't get enough of it. And they've been well aware of the situation around them and well aware of the situation that will happen for them heading into Friday's game. I mentioned it earlier. They will be four points back of Winnipeg heading into their game against Anaheim uh, with equal number of games played. That's a good opportunity. It's still not easy. Nashville can still factor into this despite selling all their assets at trade deadline. They have a number of games in hand and are just two points behind the Flames. So, would be hard for Nashville to consider themselves outside of this playoff picture right now. But for the Calgary Flames, Lou said it a lot. Focus on yourself. Worry about getting those two points and see where you are at the end of it. That's all you can do if you're the Calgary Flames. And if they can go out and get two points tomorrow against the Ducks, it'll be six points out of six in a three-game winning streak. That's exactly what the team needs. This has been trying to get on this kind of run all season long. Can they finally... Uh, get to that point tomorrow. We'll have to find out as far as lineups go. And nothing to uh, report from practice today. We'll see if anything changes at a morning skate tomorrow for the Calgary Flames. If not, expecting the same lineup that got them back-to-back wins in Dallas and in Minnesota uh, to continue into this homestand for the Flames. I uh, would expect Jacob Markstrom to get the start for Calgary. But, of course, we'll wait and see what comes uh, tomorrow ahead of uh, morning skate. 7 o'clock puck drop, Ducks and Flames. Means that Pat Steinberg and Pete Labardius have Flames warm up at 6. Puck drop with Wills and Lubo at 7. Right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960. The fan will come back. we got some NHL news and notes to get to before we close out the program, including uh, one team who uh, can close out some pretty uh, remarkable business early on in the season uh, with a win tonight. We'll talk about that next here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Busy night across the NHL tonight. Still no Flames action. We mentioned, of course, they'll be back in action Friday night when they take on the Anaheim Ducks for the first of two at home. Welcome back to Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Cam and Taylor, my outstanding production team this afternoon. But plenty of intrigue if you're looking to watch some hockey tonight, including... A game on Sportsnet, 5.30, the Edmonton Oilers and the Boston Bruins. How about this for Boston tonight, Taylor? A victory for Boston would get them to 50 wins on the season. Not bad. Not bad. No. 
goal there, eh? Not too, not too bad. That would be the fastest team in NHL history to reach 50 wins in a season. And with a win, would clinch a spot in the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. If they win, and uh, what are the combined results here? The Islanders game and the Sens game have to do something as well. But essentially, we're talking early March, and the Bruins will have been the fastest team to 50 games and have a chance to clinch a playoff spot tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. They're the best team in hockey by a long shot, right? Yeah. I don't know who's second on your list. I couldn't. There's no team this season that is anywhere near where the Boston Bruins are. Yeah, it's, and it always worries me because that, you know, there's always the thing about, you know, winning the president's trophy doesn't necessarily mean you're the best team, but I mean, they're 11 points up on Carolina with equal number of games played. Their goal differential is plus 105. They have won 10 in a row. This is not normal. I don't like it. It's frightening. They have lost twice at home in regulation. That's it. Nope, don't like that one. Ridiculous. The only thing they're not great at is the shootout. They're two and three in the shootout. And sooner than later, we won't do shootouts anymore. Once we get to the playoffs, we just won't do shootouts anymore. So it doesn't matter. Like, it is ridiculous what the Boston Bruins are doing. And we had no idea they were going to do it this year. The new coach. Okay, David Krejci's coming back for another year. But Patrice Bergeron's getting a year older. How is this all going to work? Well, it's worked out incredibly well. Don't forget Brad Marchand missed a good chunk of the start of the season recovering from surgery. He's come back and looked like a superstar again. And this team, like I said, has the chance to win. uh, We're the fastest team to 50 wins in NHL history and potentially clinch a playoff spot early in March. Of course, does that mean anything if they go to the Stanley Cup playoffs and don't do anything? The Eastern Conference is crowded. Who knows? But it's going to be interesting right now to see who exactly can, you know, come up against this Boston team. Because right now, uh, if we look at the playoff standings in the East, it would be Boston-Pittsburgh in round one. Carolina would get New York, the Islanders, that is. Then you've got Tampa, Toronto, New Jersey, New York. And those are pretty set right now. Tampa is seven up on the wildcard teams, and New York is five up. And the Islanders have significant games in hand, uh, more games played than the other two teams. Like, does Pittsburgh really scare you if you're Boston, Taylor? Probably not. Not at all. Like, one line, maybe? Yeah, even then, like, Crosby and Malkin are the only two that you're really afraid of. And without the rest of the team, they're not going to do much. No. So, first round, like, I would like either of those matchups if I'm Boston. Of course, second round gets more interesting depending on who comes out of those. But, yeah, I don't know if we're talking enough about Boston and what they're going to do right now because it is a a pretty remarkable season and 
By the way, all of their you know trade deadline acquisitions just fitting in like nothing. Orlov we saw here in Calgary. Uh, he's been tremendous. Tyler Bertuzzi's fitting really nicely there. Uh, if you want to watch them uh, take on the Oilers tonight, you can do so across the Sportsnet television network. Like I said, that's a 5.30 puck drop tonight. See if Boston can be the first team to 50 wins this season and the fastest in NHL history to do so. You also get the Stars and the Sabres at 5. Islanders, Penguins, those are both teams uh, currently in wildcard positions in the East. You've got the Rangers and the Habs. Devils and Capitals go at 5. Flyers and Hurricanes. This is a good matchup, too, at 5. Golden Knights taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And a couple of your later games tonight, Senators and Kraken. Preds take on the Coyotes at 7. Can the Coyotes, or excuse me, can the Predators continue uh, their winning ways post-trade deadline as they take on the Coyotes? And then you got the Kings and Avalanche. Sportsnet 360 has that game at 7 o'clock. Uh, so that's the NHL scoreboard tonight. But wanted to dive into... Uh, this topic that's been circulating around the NHL the last couple of days. And to do so, we go back to Wednesday on the Jeff Merrick show, Elliot Friedman, NHL insider, Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada. He joined Jeff Merrick yesterday to talk about something interesting that's come up across the league, and it's two cities in particular and what sort of role they might hold in the NHL's future. It's Houston and Atlanta. Are we talking expansion in the NHL? Are we talking relocation in the NHL? Uh, our NHL insider from Daily Faceoff, Frank Saravalli, joined Russick and Rose uh, today and expanded on this. We'll get to that later, but I want to play. It's a little bit of a longer clip, but here's Friedman and Merrick uh, diving into two cities in the U.S. Uh, making a lot of noise around the NHL right now. What I wanted specifically to talk to you about today, Frege, Something we mentioned on our podcast, uh, and then I'm not sure if it was if you and I mentioned it yesterday or I just mentioned it later on in the radio broadcast yesterday. Um, but the story is about Atlanta and Houston. And the one thing yeah. that I found doing either the podcast or this show is the minute you mention something that's been whispered, all mm-hmm. of a sudden people start calling and start yes. talking. And yes. start saying, well, you're on to something, but here's where you're wrong. You need to look in this direction instead. Yes. Um, there is definitely something. I don't know how close or far away it is, but there is definitely something with both Atlanta and Houston and the NHL. <sighs> I always feel like I have to preface this by apologizing to Quebec Nordiques fans, but there is mm-hmm. definitely something happening with Atlanta and Houston. Elliot, agree, disagree? Well, I, I think that there's there's something happening, but I, I think the question is how far down the road we are. Like the NHL is trying to put like throw some cold water on this, and the, the one thing, and which I get, like they don't want they don't want everything to get out of control here. The, the one thing I think, and I absolutely agree with Jeff, is that I think, I think Houston someday will be an NHL city. Um, I, I do. I just don't know if it's expansion or it's relocation. Like, if this whole Arizona situation doesn't work with the new building, I, I have to think Houston is the likely location, right? Um, it's, uh, it's a natural rival for Dallas. It's the largest market in the U.S. that doesn't have a team. Um, like there, there's a lot of 
things that make sense there. The, the one issue with Houston is they don't really have an arena. Um, obviously, there's one where the Rockets play, but the league has met with that ownership group before and has been underwhelmed by what it heard. So, mm-hmm. like, I look at that as, you know, I think if they go there, they want to go there in their own situation. And the guy I look at for this is Tim Laiwiki. Um, Tim Laiwiki is a guy who solves arena problems. And, you know, for example, one of the reasons the Seattle Kraken are in the NHL is because they couldn't get an arena for a long time, and he went in there and he solved that problem. And so, you know, I've said this before. This is not the first time I've said this, but I do believe that the long-term play there potentially is him solving this problem. And if that happens, I do think Houston will be in the league. Atlanta, for me, is a, is a tougher sell, Jeff. I mean, it's already been twice. I know that one of the things that's being talked about here as part of this whole story is that um, the rink would not be downtown where the Hawks play. It would be in a suburb called Alpharetta because they think it makes more sense to have an NHL team there. I, just for me, I think you'd have to sell me on it. Like, like you really would have to sell me on it to why it would work. And I will tell you, Jeff, mm-hmm. I had someone who said to me yesterday that he thinks that if, there, that if there's one city we're not talking about here, it's Kansas City. Uh, no big winter sport, no NBA team. AEG Arena, another group that the NHL yeah. has a, a connection with from the Kings. Um, and, you know, what this guy, he was really going down the rabbit hole with me. He says, look, like, you make Patrick Mahomes <laughs> an investor like Marshawn Lynch is and Ryan Reynolds yeah. might be, and you've got, like, a, a home run. But there's, what this story has definitely done, Jeff, is kicked up some has kicked up some dust. There's 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 no question yeah. about that, and we'll see where we go here. So Atlanta and Houston. Not sure in what capacity. Not sure if that means expansion, or if it means relocation. But when guys like Merrick and Friedman start getting wind of, of cities. And like they've said there, it's not anything new for the NHL to hear, you know, interested cities or interested parties say, Hey, look, we'd like to be in consideration. Or have you ever thought of bringing an NHL team here? That's nothing new to the NHL, but they understand those two specifically knowing that they chat every day on the Sportsnet radio network. They have the podcast, understand the power of when they speak about these sort of things the amount of people that listen to it involved in the NHL, when they say those kind of names out loud, gets a lot of people thinking. And, of course, other NHL insiders hear about it. They do their own digging, uh, like Frank Saravalli, who joins us uh, in the mornings and on the afternoons here on Sportsnet 960. Um, he joined Russick and Rose, and uh, he talked about uh, exactly those two destinations. Why would Atlanta make sense? Why would Houston make sense? And, uh, luckily with Frank is exactly where I was when I heard the name, uh, Atlanta being bandied about in NHL circles. Uh, listen to Frank's answer here when it comes to, you know, there being a real possibility of the NHL getting involved, uh, with Atlanta ever again. No, 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 no. Okay, good. <laughs> I covered many games in Atlanta of the thrash in front of a half full building. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's a hard no for me. And you guys have the original 
Atlanta team in your city. So two times, you know, two strikes, you're out, not three. That was the striking one. Houston's been around this for a while, and I think, as you'll hear from Frank, plays a very important part in what's happening with another NHL franchise right now. But why in the world would the NHL ever consider going back to Atlanta after two failed experiments? Give me anywhere else but that. And I'm not saying that they couldn't. I'm not saying that it might not work in the right circumstances, but you're absolutely not going back to Atlanta for a third time when you haven't explored other avenues. And by the way, both times that you've moved the franchise now, uh, when it came to Calgary and when it went to Winnipeg uh, the second time, uh, it's worked out pretty well so far. So why you would ever consider going down that road, I don't know. Uh, clearly people in the NHL have different um, reasons to be thinking that than most of us do, but Frank's pretty confident that's not something that's really going to happen. But interesting here on the Houston side of things and uh, hear from Frank where exactly this might come into play for the NHL. There's a real chance that this Coyotes thing doesn't work out. And, and, I know everyone's sort of laughing like, yeah, you think, um, but I mean, in terms of the actual vote that's coming in 59 days from today, the referendum on the ballot in Tempe, if that does not pass and by all accounts and the people that I've talked to that have boots on the ground, the opposition party, so to speak, the, the not coyotes party has done a fantastic job of mobilizing a get out to vote to vote against this project. If it doesn't work, I have a, a, a real feeling that the league is just gonna you know, pull up stakes and say, you know what? We've given this every opportunity that we can to put a team in this city. We've, we've run through a number of different permanent arena solutions. We cannot continue to take the revenue hit of one team holding back 31 others. And we're going to just relocate. And like you said, Houston, ready-made. Toyota Center has hosted hockey before. You, you trade the fifth largest metropolitan market in the U.S. in Phoenix for the, for the fourth in Houston. So you get bigger. It's a transient market, as you guys know. Um, one of the few um, markets in the U.S. that you know the majority of sports fans there kind of come from somewhere else. It's, it's a little bit like Calgary in that sense. And of course, the oil connection between Houston and Calgary. Um, so it's it certainly is an interesting option and ready-made fit that if someone wanted to make this happen this summer, should the referendum not pass, Central Division, Central Time Zone, you can draw a line mm -hmm. on the map sort of between all the teams in the Central Division right down the heartland of the U.S. So there's Frank Star Valley Daily Faceoff. Saying you can connect the dots from Arizona to Houston if this referendum doesn't go the way that they hope it does in Tempe. That makes a lot of sense for me. We've talked about Houston, or we've heard Houston brought up plenty of times as to a market that the NHL might be willing to, you know, dive into in the right circumstance. And hey, I'm all for if. It's another failed experiment in Arizona when it comes to a new arena in Tempe doing what Frank says there and pulling up stakes and, and looking elsewhere. At some point, much like the Atlanta conversation that I had you know, a couple moments ago about when is enough enough, 
you have to get to that point at some time if you're the NHL and just say, look, we've we've given it absolutely everything we can. We have to move on from this. And with the Coyotes, like Frank says, being in the Central Division, that moves a little bit easier for them now than it would have been a couple years ago. You still have to figure some logistics out. There's obviously uh, a lot more that goes into it than simply saying we're moving from Arizona to Houston. But I also think there's something to be said about the timing of all of this, that we're under two months away from that referendum vote in Arizona, that now the NHL, is it coincidence that, that this sort of news starts to come out a couple of months before that vote? No, I don't think it is. I think it's probably a, a pretty educated guess by the NHL that this is where you need to start making some noise and getting some indication and, you know, maybe pushing the narrative out in, in Arizona that, hey, look, if, if that vote doesn't go our way in Tempe, then we're out of here. This is your last chance. So if you want to make sure that the Coyotes are a franchise that sticks around Arizona for the long term, make sure you go and show your support for this stadium being built in Tempe. It's, it's never an accident with the timing of this sort of news. Does it make sense on some levels? Yeah, the Houston one makes a lot of sense. The Atlanta one, mm, not so much. Uh, a couple of texts at 960-960, and a couple of you have pointed out, um, maybe it wouldn't be a bad thing for uh, a franchise to go back to Atlanta, as it always seems to lead to a Canadian team coming back, a la Quebec City is where a lot of you are thinking. Um. I don't know what the feasibility, I don't know. Gary Bettman's always been very, I don't know, on the fringes about, about Quebec city. I don't know why. I know there's been that commitment from the organization there and and the groups there trying to bring a, a team back to Quebec city for a very long time. It's just never seemed to be near the NHL's radar for whatever reason. And look, obviously in this scenario, the one that we're talking about, specifically if the things weren't to work out in Phoenix, yes, you'd you'd like to go to a similar market and not throw your, you know, team map in disarray. And moving from Arizona to Houston is a much easier geographical move to make happen in the NHL than Arizona to Quebec City. I mean, I'd be all for another Canadian franchise, but that just doesn't seem to be one that gets brought up a lot by the NHL right now. Uh, this text, this is the total shot at Frank. And that was just a replay from the morning. I can't actually ask Frank this, but, uh, this text says, ask Frank why they don't get an NHL team in Philly. Put a boom. You get it? You get it, Cam? Shots fired. Because the Flyers suck. They're a terrible franchise. Because they're awful and they don't look like an NHL franchise. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, this text says, which Canadian city would get the next failed Atlanta franchise? Quebec City, Hamilton, another GTA team. Please go back to Atlanta, please. Means more Canadian NHL hockey. Again, I don't, like, I, the way it works out, and the NHL's always got that, that map in mind in the back of their head as to how this is going to work out. Don't get me wrong. Would I love to see another Canadian franchise? Sure. I, I would love to see 
uh, the Nordiques come back in some way, shape, or form and add to it. I don't know that the feasibility right now with the NHL's weakest franchise currently residing in Arizona bodes well for that. But it's clearly something to watch here. Because like I said at the beginning of this, guys like Merrick, Friedman, Saravalli, they understand when this news starts to come out and they start talking about it on their radio hits on a daily basis that it's not news that's going away anytime soon. And when those guys smell smoke, they can find the fire more times than not. So we'll see. Those are the two names right now coming up. Um, well, at least the one that makes sense in Houston. I have absolutely no reason to believe and I'm not an NHL insider that Atlanta would make any sense. And um, like I said at the beginning of Frank's answer here, I'll play it again for you. Neither does he. No. No, no, no. Okay, good. No. No. Guys, hockey in Atlanta again? No. 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 Pass. I like those old Thrasher jerseys, but they were terrible. You're going back for the third time. I don't care what different suburb of Atlanta you want to make it work in. You've tried it twice. It's it's not happening. The Coyotes, we've tried, I don't know, 15 different times in different places and arenas and everything. They've had more chances than Atlanta's had, but at the same point, you have to eventually come to an end term uh, with one of these. Fortunate 960, the fan.